the Geeks, the number one entertainment podcast recorded live here. Well, not recorded live, actually, but recorded here in Venice. Uh, Tessellate House headquarters, one of many, one of three, as there are also headquarters in London and Tokyo. I'm your host, Alexander Chard, and joining me today is the beautiful Adrian Ald. G'day. Adrian. How are you doing, mate? I'm well, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm well. We uh, just have a bit uh, of a two-way going well, today. You know, it's a pleasure to be here <laughs> on a, an Australian date yeah. of sorts. Okay, yeah. You know? Um, yeah, no, I'm well. I'm well. I've just been working a lot. Too much. Yeah, non-stop. Um, but, uh, you know, need to make the monies. Need to make it rain, as they say here. Rain in cash. Yeah. In America. Yeah. You know? And where do you work again? Paramount Pictures. But, just so we're clear. Just so we're clear, nothing I say here uh, represents that, in, uh, that organization, that business. Doesn't. However, I will give you a little warning. Go. Paramount did come up in the news. That's, that's, that's fine. As yeah. an individual, yeah. unrelated to Paramount, I can talk about. You can offer your you know, opinions. Oh, I can't, no. No, you know. no I can't. No. But I can offer your opinions. Yeah. But in no way do they reflect. Ooh, nope. So anything I say about Paramount tonight will not reflect Adrian's own point of view. Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, it's good to see you, buddy. Uh, You too. How are you? Good. You've been around the world and back. I've been around the world. I went to London and Italy to catch up with family and to meet my new niece, which was awesome. It's a really, really cool feeling being an uncle. Um... Because it's also nice because you can give the baby back when they start crying. That's the thing they say, isn't it? Yeah. You really can. Uh, you know, you can be there to make them laugh and smile. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, the moment. Done your bit. See you later. Yeah, once it's all crazy. Enjoy. Here you go. Hand it over. Actually, although Bethany was very good at uh, soothing the baby. Was she? Natural baby whisperer. Look out. Hello. Mm. <laughs> no, nah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I only Beth- got back Bethany being your wife. Bethany being my wife. Yeah. Um, just to clarify. Yeah, yeah. Um, not just a lady that I handed my niece to. <laughs> <laughs> called Bethany. Uh, but yeah, we had a great trip. Got back last week um, and then ventured up to San Francisco for a few days. Today's my first day back in LA proper. And yeah, getting back into the swing of things. It's Ooh. hot. It's really hot. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I yeah. Well, no. Just coming from from England, mm-hmm. where the whole week we were there, grey, overcast, maybe twenty minutes of sunshine every day. Right. Um, I think the highest it maybe got temperature wise is twenty degrees. Um, so let's Celsius, just translate so that. So that's uh, probably about sixty-five Fahrenheit. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. Mid sixties. So cool. Not what you would associate with uh, summer weather. Well, it got right up to uh, got right up to one hundred and two or f- one hundred and four while yeah, you were I've away. Heard that. Yeah, it was pretty warm. It's good to be back then. Great. It's good to, be it's good to have you back. Thank I mean, you. speaking of which, uh, people being here, not being here, traveling around the place. Yeah. Uh, our uh, our leader. Our of dear sorts. leader, uh, our white, um, the head of this beast. That so is Tessellate. That is Tessellate. Yeah. And uh, Tanro, mm-hmm. uh, who I would say is probably the right hand. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nate. Yep. Who I would say is the left hand. Okay. Uh, of the test late beast. Right. You are we, we kind of like you, the feet? You and I are getting <laughs> down to the the genitals. Oh, we're, we're yeah. We're all the way down. Well, let's say we're mutually the loins. Are we each a testicle? Uh, we, we probably, penis? Well, I mean, you're assuming tessellates a man. That's true. Okay, we're the nether regions. Yeah, we're just the loins. Loins. The loins. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're in true. there. When, and tessellate, the, the beast that is tessellate is mm. non-gender specific. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so, the upper body of this <laughs> non-gender specific beast are currently away um, location scouting. Ah, of course. Fantastic. For, uh, for Starfish, which will be mm. Owls and Tessellate's first feature film production, which you can uh, learn more about if you go onto our YouTube page, we are Tessellate, um, and look up the Starfish Diaries, which they drop every Monday, every second Monday. Yeah, which is like a blow-by-blow blow breakdown of what it's like to make an indie film yeah. in today's industry. Yeah, so very insightful uh, and gives you a good chance to to get to know the guys and the blood and sweat that they're putting into this project. Absolutely. Um, cool. So, right. it's you and me. Shall we get to cracking? Let's do this. Uh, so, this is a segment that everyone likes to call Nate's Blowdown. 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 So, starting with the game news, which uh, I'll read for you today. Uh, we have a few pieces which uh, I'll try to get through as painfully... Uh, no. Painlessly... Without pain. Let's go with painful. <laughs> Let's I'll, I'll get through these as painfully <laughs> as, as possible. possible. Um, so, number one. This is Paramount News. Uh, a TV series based on the Battlefield game franchise is in development. Um, Paramount Television and Anonymous Content, which is responsible for such great work as True Detective, Mr. Robot, and The Revenant, have obtained the rights to produce a show based on the game from Electronic Arts and DICE. Um, there's no network attached as of yet, but the deal, um, the deal spans broadcast cable, premium cable, and streaming services. So it's going to offer a wide variety of options on that front. Um, but it's currently unknown whether the show will be based on any particular game in the series or if it will have anything in common with them beyond the name. Uh, Paramount. It would be it would be short sighted, wouldn't it, if they would just call it the name of the game and then was like it's actually a little romantic comedy yeah well I mean that's a huge yeah that's a big leap <laughs> if they just called it that <laughs> and then it was a completely different right? thing but I like the bravery of that so I assume I, one would assume there's going to be something related to the content of the game you would assume that at it's least thematically based. at least thematically yeah, exactly right um, so head of Paramount TV um, Amy Powell said that Paramount TV actively seeks smart content from all sectors that will resonate with audiences um, and translate to compelling programming. EA's Battlefield has an incredibly dynamic narrative coupled with a loyal fan base, um, which will allow us to bring this exciting and unique property to the small screen. We look forward to working with EA and anonymous content. Um, yeah, and bringing this exciting project. It's an exciting time. Paramount's really pushing on TV at the moment, and oh, yeah? it's a, a big thing. There. It's a reboot of the television. CBS is sort of doing their thing. We're all part of the Viacom family, you see. And yep. uh, Paramount is relaunching on the TV pretty strongly since about 2013. So, well, yeah, exciting gonna, times. Yeah, and I mean, this is a pretty big move. I mean, you're starting a project that, like uh, she said, has a huge 
fan base. Huge and fan loyal base. fan base. So, I mean, if it, they get it right, and you assume with you know Paramount behind it and Anonymous that, uh, yeah, if they get it right, they'll hit the ground running pretty quick. Um, but in saying that, back in 2012, Fox attempted to adapt Battlefield to the small screen. But this project, uh, this project was set to be an hour-long action comedy based on Battlefield Bad Company, but it unsurprisingly did not come to fruition. Um, and just on a side note, the next Battlefield game, Battlefield 1, which is set during World War One and looks fucking stunning, is due out in October. Very exciting. So yeah, keep, uh, keep your ears peeled for that one. It could be good. Um, number two. 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 Uh, so this has been a big week. For a little app called Pokemon Go. Oh, Pokemon Go? No, what is that exactly? Uh, I mean, I haven't heard it from every single fucking person this week, like, all the time. Have you tried it? Uh, Uh, So, just in case you do live in a cave and don't know what Pokemon Go is, Pokemon Go is a new um, uh, app app, uh, for Android and iPhones. Um, and iPads and all that sort of stuff, I guess, uh, that uses augmented reality and puts um, Pokemon into real life, into the real world that you see through your phone um, and you can collect them and level them up and battle people and essentially you can be wandering around the streets, Mm. uh, which it encourages you to do uh, to find different Pokemon. So, And just in case you were like, holy shit, how did they do that? When Alex says puts real Pokemon into the real world... What he actually means <laughs> yeah. is uh, if you look through your viewfinder, they put them on the screen. Yeah, view, so augmented reality uh, yeah. is, is the... That's the correct the term, phrase. is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, not real Pokemon. Yeah. They didn't genetically yeah. create... Just, yeah, just so we're clear. Downloading the app yeah. doesn't mean the real Pokemon. Yeah, and they don't appear there. 3D. It's just a 2D thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's... And you essentially have a little Pokeball and you flick it <laughs> towards the Pokemon. Yeah. So, Adrian, before I get into the meat of sort of yeah. some of the interesting things yeah. that have happened in this week since this is released, mm-hmm. have you played it? I downloaded it. Yep. I uh, saw the little intro bit. I attempted... Actually, it's been a saga, Alex. It's been f- painful. Uh, I uh, attempted to log in and uh, I can't log into my Google account. And my security is so strong on that Google account that I can't even retrieve my password or change my password. Wait, security that you've set yourself? I'm not sure. Could have been. But I've forgotten my <laughs> password and I can't get in. I don't know how. I've tried several times, much to my frustration. And, uh, and it just says, why don't you try from a different computer that you usually use? I tried to use my fucking phone to log in. Wait, is this your main email account? Yep, yep. So you're blocked out completely. No, I can still access it through my access it through my iPhone because it's right. like continually logged in there. But if I try and use a web browser to log into my Google to Google, I'm done. And it asks me like, tw- there's like eight steps to all the questions. It's like, re- uh, when did you create your account? Day, month, year. Uh, when did you last log in? Day, month, year. When? What are the five different email addresses off the top of your head that you remember emailing Jeez. recently? What are like all these fucking questions? Anyway. It's been a nightmare. And so that's as far as I got with Pokemon Go, thanks to Google. But I have used someone else's. Yeah. Like I had a good sit down and, and checked it out. Um, ooh. Uh, 
I, I think I think the I think the premise is pr- uh, like once the novelty I think the novelty is pretty thin. Like it's like yay Pokemon, mm-hmm. and then I'd be like, all right, because the actual game part of it, what what do you do? Like you don't battle anyone, do you? Like, uh you can, yeah. So I've just seen people walking around like pointing their phones at everything. You basically do that. So the catching part is the main part, but then like the the. The show itself, you you train up your you can train them. You train your Pokemon's and you battle them, and this is from my limited understanding. I'll get into how much I played it in a sec. But then there's like in within your area, there's gyms, which you go and fight in. Oh, and train in somehow. I don't know. Look, there's a lot of people very excited about very, it. Very very excited. Yeah, and and consequently, I've been singing that that song. All week. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Yeah, there you go. My best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, is, it has exploded. And uh, my sort of experience with it kind of mirrors yours. Um, apart from the logging in part. Apart from the logging in, I... M- managed that. Managed my password and security questions. Good work. Thank you. Thank you. Not much uh, security on mine. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> um yeah, obviously saw all the hype. Remembered, uh, we talked about this in a podcast mm. a few months ago, mm. and the concept to me was really exciting and really cool. I wasn't as excited as a lot of people were in the build up to it. Yeah, you know, there's some like hardcore Pokemon. And, fans. and I must admit, I'm on the back end growing up of Pokemon. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like just yeah, like I, I was on the that, back yeah. end of Harry Potter. Yeah, growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, I I could see the yeah, I just had that li- little. Just a little bit too old. Because I think when it started to really kick off in Australia, you and I were probably, what, 12, 13? 14, well, like 14, 15, uh, th- from my memories, like sitting watching it on like Cheese TV. Yeah. Great show. Cheese TV. Shout out to Cheese TV. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Luke. Yeah. Guys. Great work, fellas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I remember going, like entertaining, could watch it. Yeah. But didn't didn't have a Game Boy with it on there. Didn't have all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, There are definitely people who did. And maybe it, maybe like it, you had the Game Boy games. Maybe it was like 13, 13 or 14, 13, 12, 13, 14. I don't know. But it, either way, anyway, I was getting too cool. Yeah. I was taking up smoking and shit like that at that yeah, point. Yeah. So Riding motorbikes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, my experience this I was morning, way too cool for that. Yeah, he's way too cool. I mean, I, I met Adrian when I was 18 and I was like, oh, I can't talk about Pokemon with him. <laughs> so, so yeah this morning i got past the email bit yeah i loaded it up this is i'm still in bed at this yeah. point um you know browsing through the news and remember oh pokemon go go download that get past the email switch it on there's a charizard at the end of my bed <laughs> and, and it's so apt being charizard too yeah. that was, you, that's been a nickname that's for been you a nickname previously for in alexander Chard, charizard yeah yeah he's at the end of the bed Flick the Pokeball, I catch him. Done. Great. And then it, the app tells me, now go out into the street in the real world right. and look for more Pokemon. Yeah. And I was like, I'm still in bed. I don't want to do this. I deleted the app. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, for me, it's, I just couldn't invest in it. Yeah. Um, so the, gimmick, the, the premise was... Yeah, you know, the, the whole thing was about too thin. It, yeah, the, but the whole thing which is exciting for people that augmented reality and being out in the real world and your phone buzzing and telling you that there's a Pokemon nearby. Yeah. Like, I get it. But for me, it's like, I don't want to invest in that. No. Like, I have to... Yeah, because you're like an adult and shit. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm too cool. You know, I don't want to be in a meeting and be like, excuse me, there's a Charizard on your head. Sorry, sir, there's <laughs> Pinkachu is right behind you. Yeah. So anyway, to... There's to been notices at my work. We got, uh, there's a really? notice yep, saying when you're at work, don't go hunting Pokemon. <laughs> okay. So this is obviously and very clearly having a massive, massive uh, cultural impact, I would say. It's going to be, you know, a thing uh, down the line when they... You have like shows where it's like a retrospective on 2016. This will be, this will be at the forefront of that. So I just want to give you some numbers uh, quickly uh, before we move on to the next part of the news. So basically, um, it was released last week, um, and it's reached the top of the charts for its release. Um, now a report, a new report, um, puts the game's enormity into perspective claiming that it's already bigger than the dating app Tinder. Um, so according to data from SimilarWeb via Business Insider, as of July 8th, which was last Friday um, or Thursday, uh, Pokemon Go was installed, and this is just Android devices. This doesn't include Apple uh, devices. was installed on 5.16% of all Android devices in the U.S., now, that may, number, may not seem very big, but there are more than 1 billion Android devices out there today. So for comparison, Pokemon Go is well ahead of Tinder when it comes to installs on uh, Android phones. And some other stats are centered around the engagement or how people are using it. More than 60% of people who downloaded the app are using it every day. Additionally, Pokemon Go is reportedly closing in on overtaking the well-known and widely used um, social networking site Twitter, when it comes to numbers of daily active users. Holy shit. Um, another standout stat is that as of July 8, people are using Pokemon Go for an average of 43 minutes and 23 seconds every day. That's higher than WhatsApp, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook Messenger. Oh my God. Um, yeah, if you want more details about that, you can go onto the blog post on similar web. Um, yeah, and so bear in mind that those numbers are only for US Android users. The game's also available on ios um and and it's available and worldwide it is right? coming to international markets soon but not right now oh okay um yeah and so consequently that's had a huge effect for nintendo now although this game isn't made by nintendo isn't isn't made by nintendo i think they have a small investment in it or something to do with the rights i'm not sure al probably knows better um but their shares jumped up by 10% last week after the game launched. And now their shares have jumped up by as much as 25%. The single biggest, uh, the biggest single day increase since 1983. Holy so shit. So this game is big going bonkers. But it will be interesting, like you were saying, will it, like how quickly will that novelty wear off? Um, we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. But at the moment, it is having a massive, massive impact. It really is. I mean, like, I can't believe the amount of people at work who are just like wetting themselves over this game. Yeah, it's crazy. And actually, uh, last point that I want to make about it is that this game has had such a big effect um, uh, on, its, on its audience, but not entirely for positive reasons. No. Uh, one story that I heard... Uh, so there's two stories I want to talk about. One is that recently, uh, in these last few days, one girl um, was directed to go to a water source to look because there was a Pokemon there. 
And when she went to this water source, she ended up finding, I shouldn't be laughing, it's not funny. She found a dead body in this river and then called police. That's great. So, yeah, got to catch them all. <laughs> and then, and then uh, so that's good, I guess. Well, that was, it was probably the work of Squirtle or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, that a, is that a Pokemon, Squirtle? Yeah, Squirtle. Oh, good, good. Squirtle. Squirtle, yeah, Squirtle. Yeah. Um, and then another thing is that um, four men in, where were they? Missouri have been formally charged with robbery in the first degree and armed criminal action. Um, and what they were doing was that they'd set up a series of traps via the game. Um, so the way they would do it here... Uh, the police believe that the suspects added a beacon to a poker stop, oh. which is like one of these... To draw people in. Yep, to draw people in uh, in the general vicinity. Right. Um, so apparently they were using the app to locate people standing around in the middle of a parking lot or whatever other location they were in, um, said the O'Fallon, Missouri Police Department. Um, so yeah, and the police department issued a warning saying if you use this app or other similar type apps or have children that we do ask to please use caution when alerting strangers of your future location. Well, because the whole, a part of the premise is like strangers will meet each other and fight their Pokemons. Yeah, there's that. And I I don't know how the Pokestop thing works. Like if that's like, oh, I think that's a base where you can go so to recharge and get right. uh, more Pokeballs and right. that's like the community. Yeah. But then I guess it's still set within real world. And I saw on Facebook that, uh, you know, I, and I don't know if this is true, if this is a real thing, um, but like uh, there was a, like car accidents because people are trying to catch Pokemons on the freeway. <laughs> I sound like my mum, I'm saying Pokemons. <laughs> that's but right. Yeah. Is, isn't... Coming around to catch Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemons. it's the no, not ones. Pokemon. The, yeah, the pl- plurals Pokemon. I think. Got to catch them alls. Alls. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, but the, like, it's causing accidents. People are walking off piers and all yeah. that sort of thing. You know, manholes. There's many a classic comedy scene. It's insane, and it's like um, poles. I'm sure many people have walked into a pole or two. Yeah, I mean, I feel like my Facebook feed now is um, mm. just saturated with Pokemon Go memes or like yep. videos of like, this is people doing this. Yep. It's like, okay. So yeah, huge, huge, huge little phenomenon. But uh, you know what? There's part of me like I'm shitting on this game pretty hardcore, but I know I'd get kind of addicted to it. If you... If, you if I download it and win it proper, you know. Yep. If I could log into my Google. Yeah. So I would... um do that. So, no, I'm going to... I've just deleted it. I'm just not going to do it. I just went, you know what? Don't need a time sink. Yeah. Don't need it. Done. Well, that's good. I'm glad we're in the same boat. Yeah. But just because I know that I'll probably really like it. Or not... Uh, if, if not like, just addicted to it, you know? Yeah. <sighs> Number three. Four. 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 Did four? I skip one? Uh, sorry, so the the robbery one was kind of a number three, oh. but it was like a two point. Two point. Yeah. So we're just going to go straight to four. Let's go to four. Number four. 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 No Man's Sky, a game that I am 
really, really, really looking forward to, but keeps getting delayed. Although I think it is definitely on track this time. Uh, a game that its developer says has 18 quintillion planets to find and explore. Uh, equal, they say, to our own universe. Um, only takes up six gigabytes of data. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> on the PlayStation 4's Blu-ray disc. Um, the figure was provided by Sean Murray, who's one of the founders of the developer Hello Games, um, and a programmer. He said on Twitter that much of that six gigabytes is actually taken up by audio. Um, and this is achieved thanks to the fact that much of the content in No Man's Sky is procedurally generated, which means there's less space taken up on disc. Um, so in exciting news on the progress of this game, um, Murray revealed that No Man's Sky has passed certification, certification in Europe, United States, and Asia. It's currently being submitted for certification in Japan. Um, and the studio is already busy on update one. Details uh, on what it will include were not discussed. Um, yeah, it's scheduled for launch on August 9th in North, uh, North America, followed by August 10th in Europe and August 12th in the UK, which is not part of Europe anymore. Sad. Wow. Um, yeah, have you heard about this game, Adrian? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have. Um, I saw it maybe like two years ago. Yeah. Maybe like E3, like two years ago or something. I didn't see it, see it, but I saw it like on, on YouTube or whatever. It looks cool. Looks so cool. Looks um, very cool. I love the aspect that um, when you start the game, you will start on a planet that hasn't been discovered by any other user. And if any other users go to that planet, it will be discovered by and your username. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks, it just looks exciting. I wonder how long, like, how ongoingly satisfying it would be. Yeah, I wonder too, because... Like, what's I, the hook? The, the thing for me that I've wondered, I mean, I love that idea of going and exploring and, and like flying out of planets without any loading times and it's just all seamless and you go to the next planet or next universe. Mm. Yeah, and I've wondered like, okay, so you go and then you wander around and discover things, but what is there beyond that? Is that purely... Is that the game? Is that the game? Yeah. You just space hop. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, it is very exciting though. Number five. 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 So Fallout 4's next expansion is arriving later this month. Um, but if you can't wait for its arrival, you will be able to take a look at it in action before release because Bethesda announced on Twitter that it will be streaming a gameplay demo of the DLC through its Twitch channel uh, on July 12th, which is today if you're listening to this. So oh, cool. If you're listening to this, it may be happening right now. It may be happening later. It may have already happened, but either way. Well, if you're listening to this, to this it happened yesterday. If we get this out on time. Yeah. Tuesday, July 12th. Well, no, if you're listening to this tomorrow, it happened yesterday. Today is... Yes, exactly. You're right. <laughs> so, but if you're listening to it today, then that's it's happening. It could be happening right now. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's there. We. That's what we meant. Um. Yeah. So they'll be streaming that on their Twitch account, uh, which is really cool. It's called Vault Tech Workshop. It's uh, five dollars, and in this one, you'll uh, the players get to create their own personalized vaults, which is but like. The Fallout 4 real game 
version of Shelter, which was that great app they released. Yep, uh, and like Shelter, you can view your vault from a side camera perspective. Awesome. I fucking love that app. I played that solid for like good four weeks, and yeah. then I was like, I've reached my population max. I can't do anything <laughs> else. Fuck, delete. Yeah, so but it was a great app while it lasted. Do you think uh, you'll play this then? Definitely. In that like I started Fallout 4 for the first time when I was crashing in your place when you guys were away and uh, I literally pretty much just built my town. Yeah. I just It just became a weird Sims. And I was like, what am I doing? Building shit. Yeah. So, in this, so it really appeals to, the, to me. Yeah. So it's definitely about that side and uh, as well as being able to customize numerous items within your vault, you're also able to conduct experiments on your vault dwellers. Ooh. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting. It's a little sadistic. That's nice. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah coming out. There's no release date yet, but as I said, you can check that out on Bethesda's Twitch page. Number six. Six. So, years passed since the... Oh, this is uh, one that you might like, Adrian, and I actually just included it just for you. Uh, it's been a year since the immensely successful vehicular combat sports game, Rocket League, launched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Um, now, developer Psyonix has revealed some impressive stats about the game's popularity. Rocket League has a total of 18 million players. Uh, you are one of them. I am one. And 1.1 million of those users are playing daily. Close. Close <laughs> to. Yeah, I'm yeah. close to. 6.2 million copies of the game have been sold worldwide, along with 5.5 million DLC packs sold. Um, the most popular platform for the game is actually PS4. Oh. Uh, with the Xbox and PC not too far behind. Uh, this is probably helped by the fact that Rocket League was launched as a free PlayStation Plus game in July 2015. Um, competitive matches are the top choice, with private matches played the least. Um, it's a great game. It is a great game. Uh, what else do I want to say here? That's it. I just wanted to include that for you. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks. It's been a year, and you're, uh, you're part of... Part of its success. Yeah, um, uh, veteran status. Veteran? Yeah. Do you have a fully customized car? Uh, yeah, I've got all the like all the like possible things that pop up saying, you've got this, equip now. I've got all the things. So you play competitively online? Yeah. When you play? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not as good as some. Like there are people who also have the veteran status and I'm sure this is a gripe with a lot of players. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, rookie, rookie, beginner, pro, veteran, then something else. Um, and I think the problem, because I think it's just down to the amount of time you play. Yeah. Not necessarily the amount of skill you display. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot, few people would get annoyed when you're burst, playing with, and I sometimes do where I'm playing with people who are like veteran status or pro status. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I yeah. wanted a real game. I wanted a real game with people in my own skill level, but, you know, oops. Also, but I think, I mean, and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe they do somehow use your stats to match you with the appropriate peeps. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so, good game. Good fun. Yeah, we've played it a few times. Yep. I think you would smash me now. Probably. Yeah, probably. We, we did, I think, the, the, I think we've only really played it Maybe two or three times. Times before I owned it. Before, yeah. yeah. So we were at the same level then. Yeah. Now Rookies. Now the time. Okay, final piece of news. Number six. Oh, no. Seven, uh, I think. Uh, oh, but yeah, six. I'm really off, they, aren't I? I don't know. 
I think you're right. Um, and this is news that probably most... No, it is number seven. Okay. Uh, this is probably news <laughs> that most of our listeners would know by this point because it's been a few days, but it's just so fucking exciting um, that it's worth repeating again because we didn't have a podcast last week and we didn't talk about it. Would you say this one is for you? This one is just purely for me. Right. Uh, and that is, finally, uh, Xbox has released... Uh, Red Dead Redemption on its list of backward compatibility games, which is really, really, really exciting. This is probably my favorite game of all time. Uh, I haven't played it yet on the Xbox One. Um, I was planning to find a copy here at Al's and take it with me. Um, Now, the game isn't a remastering. It is the 360 version. However, they're saying that in its kind of whatever they do to it to make it backwards uh, compatible. Uh, they've up to the frame rate, so it just runs a bit smoother. Cool. Uh, and a bit cleaner. Will um, they be able to like have some DLC in there to like up it? Apparently, all the DLC for the game is free. Um, so, yeah, if you have an old copy, throw it in your Xbox, or you can just download it from the Xbox store. I think it's going for like $10. Cool. Um. Oh, such a good game. My hope and feeling is that they've made this uh, compatible as a kind of lead up to a potential uh, kind of reveal or release date for the second game. Now, this game is six years old. Um, I feel that... Now, I haven't played it yet. I watched a couple of videos. Uh, I watched a video from the guys over at IGN uh, rebooting it up. And it still holds like it still looks great um and i know that yeah i'm just gonna fall in love with it all over again so i'm very excited so yeah go out if you have never played it download it play it if you have this is your chance to to revisit what is probably one of the best games ever so yeah sick and that's the uh, games news for this week Adrian's time now for Nate's Blowdown Movie News. Um, uh, welcome, everybody, and um, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Sorry, I'll, I'll cease and desist with the voices. Um, number one. one. Assassin's Creed produ- producer Jean-Julien Baronet is opening at Mala Studios, which will specialise in adapting video games into movies, following a five-year stint as the CEO of Ubisoft Motion Pictures. The move comes three months after Baronet left U- Ubisoft and five months before Fox opens Assassin's Creed, starring Michael Fassbender. Amid high hopes that the popularity of the nine-year-old video game franchise will translate into box office glory... Producing a video game. <laughs> should, I, should I do it? <laughs> Producing a video game adaption is a special process that not only one requires movie production know-how, but also a deep understanding of gamer values and the video game creation process. He told Vanity. No, he told Variety. (laughs) (laughs) The key is to have a close relationship with the game designers and to work with them on the key creative angles that will best cope with the game's DNA. 
The key is to recognize the passion of gamers, given they spend hundreds of hours in that world. That makes it essential for the universe of the game to be as accurate as possible. I'm assuming that's Baron A speaking there. Yeah, so the thing is, like, Hollywood and video games... Don't really work has, out. ...hasn't quite mixed yet. I mean... That's because Hollywood don't know video games. That's it. And, I mean, I think uh, there were high hopes for Warcraft, which came out last month. And that did pretty well at the box office, but critically, I think, uh, didn't do so well. Um, and I think there's a lot of hopes for Assassin's Creed... Um, and I think what this guy's doing by starting his own company where he is, you know, I think I read more of that interview and there's obviously a financial intent behind his move to make video game movies because sure. he sees the huge audience there. But I think the fact like he's saying is that he's working with people from within the industry who are going to help develop what these audiences want, I think is a really, mm. really great idea. Uh, the next bit of news I'll just say before you uh, read it, Adrian, is uh, like another two. 1.2. 1.2. I just wrote 1.2 this time. Yeah. So this is from Ubisoft, which is kind 1.2. 1.2. We are not going to earn a lot of money from it. <laughs> Elaine Kaur, head of Ubisoft's European operations, told MCV. It is a lot more marketing thing. And it also, you know, it's good for the image and the brand. Although we will make some money. It is not the purpose of this movie. You know, the purpose is to bring Assassin's Creed's to, you know, more people, I guess. So, yeah, he's come out and said that. But Ubisoft have since backtracked and... Said. Said, yeah. To be fair, Ubisoft does view Creed as a quality film, not just a marketing tool. We strongly believe the Assassin's Creed brand has the crossover appeal that will please both video games fans and moviegoers, the company said in a statement. Yeah. So, so that's interesting, isn't it? A little cross... Cross... <laughs> um, uh, what, do you, what do you think? That's a marketing move? Yeah. It's going to be shit. No, it's going to be good. I don't know. It's weird. And the thing is, uh, and Al's mentioned this in previous podcasts, um, Ubisoft have released an Assassin's Creed game like every year mm. since the franchise yep. started. However, this year and leading up to this movie, there's no new game uh, coming out or in development. You think Elaine Kaur still has his job? It'll be interesting. To, uh in, yeah, and I mean, I, I find it interesting that yeah, he's saying it is a marketing tool, but on the back of that, there is no game coming out. The uh, brand is already pretty massive. There's a huge. there's a huge following for this game. Um, so it's it's a weird weird little statement. Man, people are going to go see it for sure. It's got Fassbender in it. Yeah, I mean, you've you got a bunch of movie guys who just go see Fassbender because he's Fassbender. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I mean, I think they're in a good spot. You, I don't know why you, like you would say that. You were a bit. I haven't. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. So it probably didn't register overly. Yeah. I probably thought it was just like one of those game ones. You know, the intro game intros. Yeah, it's got a bit of that. It, I def it definitely looks and feels the most. I don't want to say adult, but it looks authentic. Sophisticated, I think. Yeah, and it looks authentic to the game. Yeah. I mean, I haven't played it much, but big time. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Will it be just like watching someone play the game? Yeah, we all know how fun that is. Right? <laughs> uh, number two. Two. 
Hot Tub Time Machine director Steve Pink has signed on to write and direct Rent-A-Hero, a film adaption of the Sega video game title. Rent-A-Hero centers on the reluctant slacker genius who joins a high-tech pitched as... High-tech company as an Uber for heroes, aimed to improve people's daily lives at an unaffordable price. But when company insiders plan to weaponize the tech, the slacker and his fellow renter heroes band together to stop them. Pink will write the project with Jeff Morris, who wrote the upcoming Netflix action-adventure The True Memoirs of an International Assassin, starring Kevin James. Pink's writing credits include High Fidelity and Gross Point Blank. Uh, As Sega fans, we are excited to dive into the near future with these renter heroes and explore what it means to be an everyday hero in a comedic, high-energy action-adventure, Pink said. Again, another video game movie. Cool, I guess. I don't know. Don't know the game. Yeah, I don't know the game either. Um, um, premise seems... Mm, doesn't seem like my kind of story. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it won't be fun. It's just, again, interesting of, you know, that there's still, I think, Hollywood still pushing for that, that video game film. I mean, it's all about money, isn't it? Mm. When you've got huge... Mm. Huge game. I mean, I feel like people will invest more in games now than they do in films. Mm. As far as how people want to entertain themselves. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um I don't know. It, 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 yep. It's a. It's there. It'll yeah. be a thing. Yeah, I don't know enough about the game to say anything. N- nor do I. No, I can't talk on it much. Yeah. Uh, number four. Four. Suicide Squad is now less than a month away. Some have viewed the decision to put Batman into the story with his appearance teased in the various trailers for the movie as a cynical studio movie aimed at ensuring commercial viability. But here's the thing. It wasn't their idea. It was director David Ayers. Look, you apply at a... uh, uh, Look, I'll just start again. Look, you apply at a job for a DC comic movie and it's like come on let me get the boy uh, let me get the toys please let me get the cool stuff i begged for that he told collider that was really really something i wanted there's a lot of information out there a lot of false information about how these characters play into the plot uh, it's an incredibly complex story with flashbacks and and different convergent storylines and things like that so uh, how will the dark well that's terrible. I just completely... <laughs> let's, I'm just going to reread that. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> that was really, really something I wanted. There's a lot of information out there, a lot of false information about these characters play into the plot. But, you know, it's an incredibly complex story with flashbacks and different convergent storylines and things like that. Okay, so how does Batman come into it? Um, so, that's a good question. I mean, for Air, the interest in tackling the character is in portraying him from an angle the audience hasn't seen yet on the big screen, you know? Ah. And it's certainly intriguing. Yeah, tell me more, David. Well, all the Batman movies have been from Batman's point of view. They have. You know, he's the good guy. He's the hero of of his own movie in all the movies we've seen. If you look at what Bruce Wayne has done in creating the Batman persona, his idea was to terrorise criminals. It's a sort of psychological warfare against criminals, Eric explained. This wrath that comes in the night and attacks and pulls criminals from society, 
for the first time, we're seeing Batman from the point of view of the criminals, and he's freaking scary. Oh, my God. So, I mean, like, this sounds like maybe, like, the ideas that, that maybe they had for Batman and Superman, though, you know what I mean? Batman versus, versus Superman, which was fucking to awful. To kind of show them from... Yeah, and just trying to jam in a whole bunch of shit that doesn't yep. need to be in the film. Yeah. Like, sure, it'd be cool, but do you have the room? Is it a main central point? Yeah, is it a main... Like, is it a central plot point? Or is it like, oh, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd be cool too. Yeah, yeah, let's stick it all in there. Yeah. that's That worries me a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, I think... Um, and I agree, it's cool to have that point of view, but does it work? Will it be... Totally. I think uh, what we're seeing here potentially and sort of what we saw uh, with Batman vs Superman and for anyone listening, like I'm not DC bashing at all, but I do think that... We can bash those films though, if we want. Absolutely. And I think what DC is doing is that they're, they're playing catch up to the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, which has been set up and established and has all these kind of character crossovers, but that has happened over like 10 years. And DC... It feels like they want to just cram everything in, like they did in Batman vs Superman, um, with the metahumans um, and getting setting up the Justice League thing as quickly as possible, and now like throwing Batman in this, and when it's like we've got all the villains, like here they are, mm. and then Batman's in a bin, and yeah, Ooh. it will be interesting. We'll um, see. Yeah, I do. I, I hope like, it's great. I hope it's great. Yeah, I mean, I did like Ben Affleck's Batman, so. Yep. I will definitely be going to see that film for Batman and Harley Quinn. Yep. Played by Margot Robbie. Totally. Our very own. By oh. that, I mean she's Australian. Yeah. yeah. Number five. Number five. The Channing Tatum starring Gambit has been in development for quite some time. Now, thanks to writer-producer Simon Kinberg, it looks like pr- the production for the film might start in spring 2017. We have a great script on that and hope to uh, shoot that movie at the beginning or spring or of next year, Kinberg said during the interview at the 2016 Saturn Awards. The solo movie for the card-throwing Cajun was supposed to be released in theatres this year, but then Rupert Wyatt was replaced as director with Doug Lyman. By Doug Lyman? Was replaced by director... But then Rupert Wyatt, who was meant to be the director, was replaced by Doug Lyman. Doug! Because of the delay in its October release has been pushed to an undetermined date. So uh, I've got a number three here, but that doesn't quite... I mean... Ah, uh, yeah, sorry, that number doesn't match up. But I oh, will... I see, we went straight from one, two, four. Because I skipped this. So the next news piece, I just want to uh, add a little bit beforehand uh did you want to talk about channing tatum and gambit and all that sort of thing or is it like just like oh yeah tell us when you're actually making it yeah i mean this they've been talking about that for a while i love that character and it worries me it worries you because of the casting yes right yep yeah it'll be interesting well he's just so like gambit's meant to be like stringy and sinewy and dirty and he's uh you know he's rough and tumble and I don't know, like, I'd rather see, like, I don't know. I'd rather see, like, a, a, a weird Matthew McConaughey play him or something. That would be cool. Right? Yeah. Doug Lyman, are you listening? Can you ditch Channing? Yeah. Channing's got room to I mean, be Channing's great, yeah. but I don't know if I immediately put him on that role, but maybe he's got the depth and breadth to do it. I don't know. We'll see. 
Number three. So number three. This is a little... Uh, well, it's not quite number three now. It's the last news piece. I just wanted to add. Um, now, we don't... We don't... Uh, this isn't a podcast where we talk about political views or uh, very often or what we think is going on. All right. But I just wanted to make a point with this little next news piece because it's really cool. A lot of countries around the world at the moment, including uh, Australia, have cut funding. Uh, a lot of governments have cut funding for the arts. Um, and obviously this has a huge impact on future generations and, and you know, some governments don't see the cultural um, and social benefits of investing in the arts mm-hmm. in countries and how that can uh, impact people and can connect people and can uh, give people insight into different perspectives that they might not otherwise have. Uh, we're, we're a perfect example, you and I. Yeah. So we started in youth theatre, the mm-hmm. only... Uh, youth theatre f- uh, that had federal funding between Sydney and Brisbane, yep. a space which is fucking a th- over <sighs> a thousand kilometres. Yeah. Right. And uh, that's where we met. Mm-hmm. Ten years later, we're hanging out in LA doing a podcast. Yeah. And it's because we met through this yep. youth theatre group. Yeah. And I would have been a completely different person had I not have found that theatre group. Absolutely. I would have. I would have still be in fucking Newcastle where I grew up with like four kids and a yep. mortgage. Which is great, that's and that's fine. There's that. nothing wrong with that, but it was definitely not a path I would have chosen had I, you know, I yeah. was I had the ability to choose a different path because it was made available to me through arts funding. Yeah, and I've made many many relationships between through that process and through you know just because of that path. And yeah, and it's incredibly important. And, and like I said, a lot of a lot of governments around the world are cutting their arts funding. Um, and, you know, and at a time which is so politically charged and there's a lot of voices who have uh, things to say, uh, whether it comes from places of anger or hopelessness or even to project hope and, and uh, goodwill, the arts are a perfect outlet to do that. Well, and the arts have always been the voice that, um, that uh, uh, not against, but... Well, that calls out governments, that calls mm-hmm. out leaders, that calls out people for corrupt behavior. You know, the arts is the realm of those voices, the, you know, to, to address social and political issues that are being ignored or that are being created by governments and our leaders. Yeah. You know, we reflect the society that we live in. That's what art is for. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so if you defund that, then you also make a void of that mirror. That mirror gets foggy because there's no one making that reflection of the society we exist in. Perfect. Yeah, that's so well said. Uh, I also just want to share a quote before we get into that bit from Eddie Marsden, a great British actor, who says, Drama teaches you to see things from someone else's perspective. If if this country needs to teach its children anything, it's that. Um, So yeah, so to kind of finish off today's news... Uh, is a story from Germany and the German government's investment in the arts. So Germany is set to increase its federal film subsidy program by 15 million euros, so about $16.6 million, and earmarked an extra $1.1 million for the Berlin Film Festival. The funding is part of the government's 2017 draft budget approved last week by Chancellor Angela Merkel's cabinet. 
The new budget would increase government spending on cultural projects and institutions by $82 million, or 5.8%, to a total of $1.49 billion. Holy shit, that is so much. Um, uh, As part of the increase in cultural funding, the government's film support program will receive an additional $16.6 million, uh, said Culture and Media Commissioner Monica Gruters. Uh, that's an important signal for the film industry and for German, uh, Germany as a film location, Gruters said in a statement. In addition, next year's budget provides $1.1 million boost for the Berlin Film Festival, $1.1 million for the digital digitiza, digitiza, digitization. Digita, digit, digitization. How do I say that? Digitization, 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 digitization. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Uh, $1.1 million for the digitization of the country's film heritage and $332,000 for the international activities related to German films. Oh, my God. uh, Deutsche Welle will also see an increase in funding. The state-run international TV news channel is set to receive an additional $8.3 million to continue its ongoing service program for refugees as well as operations in Ukraine and Russia. Oh, man. Right? The federal government currently provides nearly $177 million worth in support for the film industry, including film subsidies, festival funding, promotional campaigns and educational and training programs, as well as support for movie theatres. Included in that is the $66 million uh, German Federal Film Fund. The government's draft budget is expected to be approved by Parliament later this year. Like, that just makes me fucking depressed. (laughs) Right? Like, I mean... Like, why... uh, I mean, I can't help but relate it to my own politics in Australia. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, why can't Australia, one of the, like, fucking top ten wealthiest countries in the world with this tiny little fucking population, why can't yeah. they just put some money into the arts? And, I mean, that's why... Like, do you know how much money we spend on fucking sport? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, so that's why I felt it was it was important to mention. Like I said, we don't often get political here, but I just wanted to make an example of a country and a government that are, I think, doing it right, so... Well, it's just responsible. Yeah. It's responsible. And, like, we have a government back home which is just desperately trying to cut our public public uh, broadcaster. Yep. You know, it's trying to de-ball the public broadcaster because the public broadcaster does that thing that I was just talking about of holding up the mirror to the people who run the joint. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, quick, get rid of the mirror. Yeah. In a, which we should say, in a completely non-partisan, non-biased way. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't care if it's liberal, labor, or whoever, or like I mean, Republican, Democrat doesn't yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, that's how the media should be. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, if you do want to chat to, I'm, glad we, don't, I, I'm I, glad we don't get political on this because well, I'd get so rankled. It'd be a different uh, different podcast. Wouldn't it? But if any of you do want to contact Adrian or myself about some of these issues or your thoughts, you're more than welcome to. Uh, maybe we can talk about it uh, via another medium. Um, but I knew that. That kind of stuff was important to you, as it is to me, so it was worth mentioning. Totally. So that is the news today. Thank you, Adrian, for reading the movie news. Oh, it's been my pleasure. It was uh, good to get through. Now, moving on. A little segment I like to call 
Well, actually, sometimes I lie in bed and uh, I wake up early in the morning and I jump in the shower. And as the soap suds uh, slowly go down the crack of my back, <laughs> I just get this urge and I look up to the ceiling as the steam is rising off me and I scream out, Chris Pratt, can you give me some money? Can you give me some money? That means it's today's, uh, this week's movie and game releases. Uh... So, movie releases, July 15th, Friday, July 15th, Friday the 15th. Ooh. Ooh. No, it's Friday the 13th. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. sorry. That's the uh, that's, sequel. That's the, the scary sequel. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. July the 15th is a happy day. It's a day for you know what? What? Ghostbusters. Ooh. The day has finally arrived. Uh, the Ghostbusters, the... Much anticipated, I would say, but maybe not for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Remake, uh, directed by Paul Feig, starring Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, uh, and Chris Hemsworth is also in it. Uh, also with cameos from the original cast members, uh, except the late Harold Ramis. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say about this. The trailers, the, the first trailer, the released uh got a lot a lot of hate and cons- uh, and the trailers that came after that got a lot of hate from the internet and but it, is that like is it because it looks like a bad movie or is it because they're women uh, i just want to check i think i think you have to filter that out well that i i completely agree yeah, because I'm like, fuck yeah, let's. I this is great. I yeah. love it. Awesome. Uh, Why not? I think there's been douchebags on the internet, as there are, that are misogynistic and sexist and uh, just cavemen that can't handle that. There's a someone other than men. Yeah. Yeah. So there is definitely that. Um, but as we've talked about on this podcast many times in the lead up, um. The trailers and and each of us here on the podcast that have approached it from a more critical point of view, uh, it just doesn't look great. So it doesn't look great. Okay, it doesn't look great. And my kind of disappointment, my my concern was was that I think all of these actresses are really great. I think they're great comedic actresses. Uh, Paul Feig obviously directed Bridesmaids with Kristen Wiig and mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy, which I loved. I thought it was really really funny. Uh, just really refreshing, great energy. But in these trailers, I don't feel like, from what I've seen, is the work is doing justice to the talents of these... Of these women. Of these women. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it, it feels kind of... It, it's Again, I don't want to get into it because we have before, but for me, it's it just felt kind of lazy in the sense of like, well, we've put four women in the leads... We've done our job. But then it's like, okay, we're well, still going to make them doing ditzy sort of oh, really? stuff. Okay. When they're meant to be these scientists, highly intellectual scientists. So like you're still kind of playing to movie stereotypes. For those stereotypes. Okay. But I'm going to a, uh, a preview screening of this on Wednesday. So we'll see. Uh, I haven't read any reviews yet. I don't want to. I've seen kind of just a few headlines 
and I think the reviews are pretty mixed actually quite positive so we'll see okay um, so that's coming out also coming out is a film called Equals uh, which is directed by Drake Doremus uh, written by Drake Doremus and Nathan Parker starring Nicholas Holt Kristen Stewart Guy Pearce and Jackie Weaver two wonderful mm, Australian Jackie actors. Weaver mm. yep um, this is set in a distant future in an emotionless utopia emotionless utopia two people fall in love when they regain their feelings from a mysterious disease causing tensions between them and their society uh, i looked at the trailer it looks all kind of very pretty and indie kind of beautiful um, with Kristen Stewart doing a lot of her Twilight sort of like. Oh, uh, yes. I, I saw a little thing for this the other day. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. I think that sums it up. Um, also coming out is Cafe Society, a uh, film directed um, and written by Woody Allen, starring Jesse Eisenberg, who is essentially playing the Woody Allen character, uh, which he does in everything. Uh, Kristen Stewart, Steve Carell, Blake Lively, and Parker Posey. I think is awesome. Parker Posey. Oh, is that two Kristen Stewart's films? So two Kristen Stewart films are coming out this week. All right. Uh, this one's set in the 1930s where a young Bronx native um, moves to Hollywood where he falls in love with the secretary of his powerful uncle, an agent to the stars. Um, after returning to New York, he is swept up in the vibrant world of high society and nightclub life. Um, this looks beautiful. I mean, the sets and the costume design... Um, look really cool it's kind of for me an extension of woody harrelson's uh, woody harrelson woody allen's film midnight in paris where mm. uh owen wilson played the woody allen character and traveled back in time to meet some of the iconic uh writers and artists of the 30s um and that had a kind of very um it had a quality which was easy to get swept up in in that sort of period. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, now, I don't know if this clearly doesn't have that kind of fantastical element of that story, but it looks cool. It looks it looks beautiful. Um, but I don't know. Jesse Eisenberg doesn't do it for me. How about you? Uh, I, I find him fine. You know, I didn't like him in Batman vs. Superman or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought that was more to do with the role slash direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I thought he was like putting it on a bit and I whether he does that with this or not, I don't know. I just, uh, there's something about him that I... Irks you. Yeah, and that I can't warm to. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, uh, you know, it's just something I don't, doesn't click with me yep. whether it is being a likable or yep. unlikable character it doesn't matter but there still has to be something that pulls me in and yeah yep. um also coming out is a film called the black coat's daughter um which was also titled february um i think it premiered last year at maybe the toronto film festival uh it's a horror thriller uh, directed by osgood perkins i think this is his first feature he's got lots of acting credits mm. though. it stars emma roberts lauren holly kinnan shipka and lucy boynton uh set at an all-girls boarding school february tells the story of two women bound together by a series of sinister events um and that's it cool that's it this that's it for this week's releases obviously 
uh, Ghostbusters is the... The big one. The big one. The big, big one. Um, so, yes. Moving on to game releases really quickly. This is a bit where I usually read out a bunch of games and Al, uh, with his expansive uh, um, knowledge of games, tells me whether they're worth um, talking about. <laughs> I can well, do that. I'll just well, wing they it. I'll wing yeah, it. Okay, so uh, yeah. coming out on 3DS, mm. uh, Seventh Dragon 3, Code VFD. Not. Not, yeah. Uh, coming out on Xbox One and PC, Anacute. Yep, that's the thing. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be great. On PS4, Daydreamer, The Awakened Edition. Yep. Uh, on Xbox One, PS4 and PC, and actually, <laughs> I think I spoke about this uh, a few weeks back, because it's not tied into the movie and it doesn't look great. Ghostbusters. No, that's not a real game. Yeah, it's not a real <laughs> game. Um, also coming out on PS4, Kerbal Space Program. Um, yep. Yep. PS4, Kill Strain. Yeah. Uh, PS4 and PC, Militant. Militant. Oh, Millet. But, it's going to be an like, ant game. Yeah, it's an ant where game. Where you're doing but it's like army, play on the, army yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's a real game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme VS Force on Vita. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Moon Hunters on PS4. Yep. Necropolis. No. Polybridge on PC. Yep. That's it. Yep. Song, <laughs> Song of the Deep. On PS4 and Xbox One? Yeah, yeah. On Xbox One and PS4, Super Mutant Alien Assault? Mm, yep. Yeah. Yes and uh, no. That one's got both. Yes and no. Tumblestone? No. Nah. Type Rider? <laughs> Type Rider? Yeah. No. <laughs> and finally, Video Ball. Yeah, that's a big one. Okay, so they are all coming out on July 12th. So if you're <laughs> listening to this right now, you can go and purchase those. Games. So, Adrian, Yo. Uh, I'm just going to quickly run down through Hit me with it. Uh, the weekend box office. Go for it. Um, and then we'll make our box office predictions, um, and then we'll wrap this show up. So, just quickly going through the top 20 of this weekend, this weekend has just passed box office. Coming in at number 20 uh, is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 19, Hunt for the Wilder People. Uh, at 18, X-Men Apocalypse. At 17, Me Before You. 16, Warcraft. 15, and this is one that I had forgotten was already out and I definitely need to go and see. We should go and see this. Swiss Army Man. Uh, I want to see this. Paul Dano and uh, Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, that's Paul, Paul, not Paul Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Paula Radcliffe's a marathon runner. She did a poop while <laughs> whilst running a marathon once. <laughs> Very good. Um... At 14, Our Kind of Trader. 13, Now You See Me 2. 12, Free State of Jones. 11, The Conjuring 2, which I really want to see. 10, Sultan. 9, The Shallows. 8, Independence Day Resurgence. 7, The BFG, which I want to see. 6, Central Intelligence, which is a secret guilty pleasure that I want to go and see. For The Rock and Kevin Hart. <laughs> uh, five, that's been up there. That's, that's, that's lasted. Yep. Five, The Purge, uh, election year. Four, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Ugh. Yeah, I know someone that wants to see that. Three, Finding Dory, which dropped from number one. 
uh, two and holding in the second position, Legend of Tarzan. And number one um, in its opening weekend, fuck, breaking in 104 million. Let's round it up to 105. The Secret Life of Pets. Really? Yeah. Massive. Massive. Um, so, Adrian. Yeah. Looking at uh, this week's releases, just mm-hmm. to refresh your memory, Ghostbusters equals Cafe Society and The Black Coat's Daughter. How do you see the top three playing out this week? Uh, it's going to be Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters number one. Uh, and then it's, what's number one at the moment? Secret Life of Pets. That's going to be number two. Yep. What's number three at the moment? Tarzan. And then, uh, yeah. Let's go with Tarzan. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say the exact same as you this week. Ghostbusters is going to take the number one spot. Secret Life of Pets will hold on, uh, drop to second. Tarzan will drop to third. Yep. Cool. So, Adrian, before we wrap up, yeah. uh, what do you got on the cards for this week? Uh, just work. In the words of, words of um, Rihanna, just... That's a good song. It's a real I fucking love that song. No idea what she's saying, but I love that song. Um, yeah, no, I'm just going to be working, mate, and um, looking after the chateau here for Al while he's off doing doing uh, a bit of uh, scouting. Scouting. Yeah, yeah. What's what? What do you bet that he's got Pokemon Go, and that's what he's actually doing? He's actually just scouting Pokemon, the country, looking for Pokemon, yeah, looking for Pokemon. Uh, and with Tanro, his backpack and backpack. Tanro and is his Pikachu, <laughs> and Nate oh, yeah. is one of the other characters. I forgot their names. Mm, I, I think Nate's kind of like a Squirtle. <laughs> so both of them are yeah. his live yeah. Pokemon's left and right. Yeah, and we're here being in the loins, being the loins. The lawyers indeed. Brilliant. Cool. Well. What about you, man? What uh, you this week, I am getting just back into it. getting back into the swing of things. I've got a uh, been invited to a script reading tomorrow night, which is really exciting. Don't know anything about it, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and that's it. Just getting back into the swing of things. Wicked. Yeah. So, everyone, I hope you've uh, enjoyed this two-man podcast today. Please uh, go on to our YouTube page, we are Tessellate. That's with two S's and two L's. Um, yeah, subscribe. Uh, share our podcasts. Uh, you can also go on to iTunes um, and look up Geeks. Again, it's under We Are Tessellate. And download our podcasts. We've also got some interesting podcasts coming up in the future where we do some retrospectives on horror franchises. So the first one coming up will be Friday the 13th, uh, followed by Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, where we go through every film. Uh, you, there'll be a new podcast every week um, where we go through each film and discuss uh, discuss the film um, as they progress through the French, uh, progress through the series. Absolutely. So, yeah, you can find us on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Alexander Chard. Adrian, you can be found. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Sixum underscore Suave, S-I-X-U-M underscore Suave, S-U-A-V-E. Uh, and then, uh, of course, on the old Xbox, if you want to play Sixum, that's where I am. Rocket League. He's a big Rocket League player. Oh, so yeah. if you're one of those uh, one, what was it, 18 million? 18 mil. 
Yeah, if you're one of those 18 million or one of the 1.1 million plays daily, I might be there. Hook him up. Uh, yeah, and if you want to contact us as a company, you can go onto Twitter and find us at We Are Tessellate. Drop us any questions or any topics you might want us to talk about during the podcast um, or anything. If you have any ideas, if you want to write reviews on films or video games, contact us and we will um, we will share share your thoughts and opinions, which we value and appreciate. That's it. I hope you've enjoyed it. We will be back next week. Um, probably the two of us again, possibly with Justin. We'll see. He's a mystical man. He's a mystical man. So... Hope you have a good week. We are out. Geeks. Geeks.